This week, we're going to be talking with the cartoon girl on the cover of the Suburban Legends Rump Shaker album. Stay tuned. Welcome to On the Upbeat. I'm Matt. I'm RJ Phoenix. And this week with us, we have a special guest, Evan Warman of Hooray for Our Side. Yay! Hello! How's it going? How are you guys? Good. Oh, I'm doing well. Thank you for asking, Evan. How are you? I'm doing all right. I got my run in today. I got my Diet Dr. Pepper. I'm not not a paid endorsement, by the way. I think you have to say that on a podcast. Um, yeah, I'm doing good. I'm getting Cali burritos could, later. I wish I could get that Diet Dr. Pepper money. Yeah, that paid advertisement thing. I've been seeing like a lot on Spotify, like where people are saying they're just mentioning something. They're like, "This is this isn't paid. I just like it," and I'm like, "Okay, I don't I don't know why that matters, but okay." <laughs> I think it was some law that was passed like sometime in the past decade or something. It was like if you have a blog or, or a podcast and you talk about a product positively or, or I guess negatively, I don't know. I, <laughs> well, I guess if you disparage it, you can. Who, you don't who, have to say that you, you <laughs> get paid to say that. This isn't a paid ad, but it's a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Coca-Cola paid us to talk crap on Diet Dr. Pepper. Oh, sure. So, sure. Di- Diet Dr. Pepper sucks. I mean, I know you have to disclose if they did pay you, but I don't know if you actually would have to disclose if they didn't. But I think people are just hedging their bets. Or at, at the very least, it's very funny. Yes. It, yeah. Or slightly humorous. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right. Got a giggle. So, Evan, how is uh, life under quarantine right now for you? Uh, monotonous. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I've been at home since, oh gosh, when, uh, just over eight weeks, um, working from home is dull and distracting and it's weird. Um, I told myself I was going to use this gift of time to, uh, write lyrics because we've been composing new music. Yay. Yay. But, yeah. or hooray, I should say, not yay. <laughs> I miss I I miss my cue there. Wow, I'm so you're sorry. fired. You're you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> Can, canceled. Um, but I don't know. I, it's like it's like total writer's block right now because it's like there's nothing to do. There's nothing to <laughs> right inspire me. But I I've slowly started getting the gears moving on that and and revisiting our demos and and getting like. One line of lyrics in uh, every every couple days. <laughs> so uh, I assume you say when you're getting into old demos, I assume that means like demos from your last album that maybe you didn't flesh out into fuller songs. Is that what you mean? Um, a few. I, I have um, one of the songs that we actually did get a chance to run as a band a few times before um, we were all locked away. Um, was just this weird, almost like electronic song. Like I, I just did for a laugh in in Logic, and then I'm like, you know, I really like the melodies here. I think I'm gonna take it and make it like a ska punk song. And I took it and did it, 
and like added lyrics over it and took it to the band. I'm like, yeah, okay, we're doing it. And I'm like, yay! <laughs> um, so that that one's probably the most done. Um, and then we have like three or four songs that are done melody wise, but not lyrically. Hmm. Um, so we we were actively starting to work on a new record before all of this went down. We actually, at our last rehearsal, which I want to say was probably early March, we actually laid out a game plan for, or or like a whole time frame for what we wanted to do. So it's like, we're going to take the next six weeks to write, rehearse, um, and then first week of May, we're going to start recording. Uh, We're going to get a studio nearby um, and start, start start tracking a new EP. Uh, obviously, we have not been able to do that. Um, yeah. So, much like the rest of the world, uh, we have come to a a, a little bit of a halt. Yeah. But good news, uh, we are starting our D and D game again <laughs> next week. Uh, so, if we can't make music, at least we can continue our like seventeen level dungeon crawl. So awesome! Nice. Uh, that's progress, I guess. <laughs> yes, it sure is. All yeah. right. All right. So uh, we're speaking of your last EP. Uh, Everybody love everybody. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. We're gonna play a track off that album. We're gonna play this future. What can you tell us about this song? It's kind of weird. Uh, like I, I've just had these feeling. The song isn't weird. I like the song. I I, 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 I like the music I make. I want to put that out there. Um, it's weird that like was that theme, a paid advertisement? Uh, from her, I am appearing courtesy of Hooray for our side. We're we're not paying for this time. I was invited here. Uh, I, I it's true. There's no payola going on. No, uh, the, just the themes that I, I wrote about in that song. I feel are very <laughs> uh, relevant right now. Uh, I don't know if I want to go as far as saying like prescient, but the whole song is is based on this theme of like rising up above like anti-intellectualism. How if we continue to like not listen to science and facts, uh, things are going to get bad like hurricanes and literally name dropping the song quarantines. So it, it's a little weird how that just became uh <laughs> Uh, kind of uh, uh, a little bit forward thinking, not not in a a, a uh, optimistic way, um, but I do think it's a relevant song for for these times. So that is uh, the song I brought to you today. All right, here we go, and this is this future by Hooray for Our Side.
So, Evan, I wanted to ask you, when you play that uh, song live, I've noticed, um, I believe it's somewhere in that Furistein line towards the end that you change it, where you talk about... Yeah. Is there <laughs> is there a reason for that? Um, I mean, I'm not going to mince words. It's an anti-Trump, anti-alt-right song. Right. Um, <laughs> people that make me very angry because... Uh, so, sorry, sorry for any listeners that are out there. I, I, I don't know if you're, I don't know if you're in the ska scene. I, I, I don't know how you got here. Um, but yeah, uh, it, during live, I, 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 uh, it changed Philistines and red snapbacks to idiots and red snapbacks. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I know it's not the most productive, uh, discourse, but, uh, sometimes I get mad. <laughs> Well, because those people make me mad <laughs> because it's a direct reference to uh, that. What's it? Josh, Josh Furstein, whatever. Is that his name? That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. What What's the actual line on the album? Sorry, my brains. Uh, uh, Philistines. Philistines. It, it, OK, uh, I was thinking it was yeah. a, a different word. <laughs> is is that the guy who the guy you're talking about? Is that the guy who got mad at Starbucks for the red Starbucks cups Amongst or whatever? Many other ridiculous things, but yes. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, uh, I always... well, it, it it does go out to that guy. <laughs> well, that's that's sort of what I people thought. With, that's sort yeah, of what I thought. With a persecution complex who have never suffered a day in their life. Right. So that's sort of what I thought. But uh, yeah, but yeah. I, you know, I totally maybe I don't know if you thought anyone would notice you changing lines. I'm not call, like I'm not. I think it's a great change. <laughs> like, I think it's fine. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I not just for the, the content alone, but um, for a while, like I, I, I'm, I all bands do this. We like to mix like things up from like a studio recording to a live show. Sure. You want to do things that are a little different to just give it a little bit of uniqueness from what you can find on Spotify or whatever. Right. Um, yeah. Makes sense. So uh, one question that we like to ask uh, every guest, the fir- at least the first time they come on, um, 
What are your ska first? First uh, ska album that you ever bought and first like ska show you went to? Well, I can actually, I know this is not a video podcast, but you, I will show you. Oh, okay. Ooh. You guys should have seen what we were doing while we were listening to the song. We were dancing around. As well. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. yeah. Matt, Matt, Matt and I had a little like silent duet going on during that. <laughs> um, this uh, oh. was the first oh. Scott album I ever owned. It is Say Ferris's It Means Everything on cassette. On cassette. Um, <laughs> yeah. Story how I got this. Um, my dad, back in... I guess what would this have been? 1997. Yeah. Um, he worked for a company, and he had a coworker who was like, "Hey, my brother is in this band. Uh, check it out. I know you're because my dad is also a DJ. Um, he he runs his own DJ business. He's been doing that for about 36 years. Awesome. Um, and so uh, his coworker passes along to my brother's band. Check him out." My brother Brian is in this band. I don't know if he's talking about Brian Mashburn. I don't know if he's talking about <laughs> T-Bone Willie. I've never been able to figure it out. Both stand-up guys. Love them both. Either um, one. Yeah. But yeah, um, like my dad, when we, uh, my, my parents, when they picked me up from school, like we'd always listen to K-Rock on the way home. And so when I was a little kid, what was K-Rock playing? But Save Ferris, No Doubt, The Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, Real Big Fish. So I was exposed to this whole genre of music at the time because it was huge i grew up in orange county um and so i was just surrounded by it i didn't know what it was at the time i couldn't tell you what ska was until i was probably a little older um but it definitely planted that seed and then by the time i was coming up through high school and then really getting into music on my own um i happened to come across suburban legends playing at disneyland uh, I am also a gigantic Disneyland, Disney theme park uh, nerd. And so even 18 years ago, I was going all the time. So I saw this band, Suburban Legends, playing in downtown Disney. <laughs> I saw them play at the Angels 2002 World Series rally that they did wow. at wow. downtown Disney. And um, yeah. That was not the catalyst, though. It was two years later. I'm like, I think I'm about 14. It's been 2004. I was sitting at home. And I'm like looking for new music. I fired up Kazaa or LimeWire or whatever the, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, popular file sharing program was at the time. I'm like, I wonder if that band from Disneyland has any songs. Uh, and I found most of Rump Shaker on there, downloaded all the files individually, um, got hooked on like those seven or eight songs, uh, and I have since paid for all those records. Um, <laughs> rest assured, I have the receipts. I have them. I have the records. Don't sue me, Vince. I love you. Um, <laughs> and uh, I went and saw them a couple months later at Tomorrowland Terrace and was immediately like, okay, I am in this scene now. Um, just, yeah, it was just like that. I saw these guys having so much fun on stage. I'm just like, that looks like something I want to be a part of. So gradually started going to shows over time, started getting involved with the local scene over the next few years. Um, a lot of the up and coming bands I became friends and, 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 and a fan, fan of like half past two guilty parties, Maxwell smart, 
Um, some of these bands are still around. Half past two, awesome band. Um, yeah. And then a couple years later, I was sitting around with some friends and uh, a buddy of mine was making songs in GarageBand and just by himself, just armed with a guitar and, and, and a MacBook. And I was like, hey, hear me out. Do you want to do a Suburban Legends cover and let me sing on it? He's like, okay, we'll do it for fun. And so we did a cover of Bright Spring Morning, showed it to a few of our musician friends, and we all kind of just got this idea in our head, we should start a band. And so right from there, we started a band uh, called Time to Renew. Uh, We played about 10 shows over six months before we broke up. Uh, And then kind of split in half. My half became hooray for our side. And then over the last 10 years, that has gone through its evolution of lineups and records and generally just this big part of my life. So being part of the ska scene has literally been half my life at this point. Awesome. (laughs) Awesome. So speaking of the Orange County ska scene uh, that you have enriched yourself in, um, (laughs) what uh, if you had to and you do for the purposes of this question uh had to describe the orange county ska scene currently in three words what would it be Mm, this is gonna sound like an olive garden ad but like a family (laughs) i'm sorry if that's sappy but like i agree um i have i have made so many lifelong friendships um, in this scene, uh, just it sent me down so many like paths of discovering new music, not just ska, but like um, just everything. Um, yeah. The the people I've met, the bands that I've gotten to play with, like it's it's unreal. Um, having come up through this scene and and being able to do what I've gotten to do, I'm very grateful. Um, and it's not for lack of love from all the people in this scene. Um, it's very tight knit. Awesome. And, uh, but it, it's, it's open. If you want to come out to a, a ska show, once we start doing them again, <laughs> come on down. Right. doesn't matter if you don't know anyone there, you will by the end of the night. Yeah. I we can, will. I can get will... to that. Yes. Yeah. Like that's how I met you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The I think it was so, the second time I ever saw Hooray for Our Side. As soon as I walked into the venue, you saw me like, "Hey, you made it!" I don't even think <laughs> you knew my first name at that point, but you had recognized me from uh, yeah. show at the Mint. Yeah, I, I'm I'm good with faces, uh, not so much names. I know you now. Yeah, <laughs> but but yeah, um, we we try to make you feel like you're part of this. We want everybody to be part of it, like. Um, at, at least from my band's perspective, we want there to be a lot of like give and take between the crowd and the band. Like you're part of the show too. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the things I've always. I might jump to. off the stage and shove a mic in your face, and you you, you just have to deal with it. But <laughs> believe me, it, it's it's all out of love. It's not out of intimidation. I will take a mic in the face. I've gotten fingers from band members in my face once at a particularly filthy punk rock show I went to. Fingers. Specifically, middle fingers. Uh, just uh, to the, almost uh, the entire hand. <laughs> oh boy! 
That could but go a lot of ways. Solid, so. <laughs> what did you do to earn that? I'd be friends with the lead singer and guitar player, apparently. <laughs> I get a lot of that, too, from people I'm friends with. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of inside jokes we won't get into. <laughs> so uh, Matt, I Matt has a sly look on his face. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was looking down <laughs> at uh, quest- stuff. I was looking down good, at stuff. Good, good excuse. <laughs> so I got to ask, Evan, out of all the musical genres you could have lent yourself to, why ska? Why one that has a band so big you can never make money with? Why ska? Yeah, it was never about the money. Oh, of um, course it's never about the money. Because it's still a ska band. Exactly. <laughs> ska doesn't pay. <laughs> the Bourbon Legends said it themselves. <laughs> um, no, I think just finding a a home in this scene, like... As a teenager, like I wasn't a popular kid in high school. I didn't have a lot of friends. It was when I started going to shows, like I started discovering all these local bands that I, I don't know what clicked with me, but the, the, they clicked and I started making friends at those shows. And like I said, it, it, it got to the point where it's like I look at the whole scene as just one big family. And so what better place to establish your own little musical footprint than right there in that scene with the people you already know. Um, yeah. So what is your most uh, memorable moment off stage, like as an audience member? As an audience member? Yeah. Ooh, that's going through a backlog of <laughs> shows. <laughs> Somehow, all I can think of right now is like the sweat of of uh, crowd surfers and shoes to the face. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't want it to sound negative. Believe me, I, if I could do it all again, I would. Um, it doesn't have to be a positive memory, right? <laughs> no, I was hoping for positive. No, hey, you do you, man. I can tell you. I can tell you about the time I got kicked in the face when I was seventeen in an Aquabat show, lost my glasses, and couldn't see for three months. Oh, oh my! <laughs> it took God. me a long time to get to the optometrist. Um, but no, I think actually the best offstage moments are like actually getting to um, like talk to the bands like I grew up seeing like hanging out with them after the shows and that they're open enough to like want to talk to their fans and um, and again make it like that family setting I think the I think one that I thought was particularly cool was this would have been Warped Tour 2011 uh, me and some friends went down to San Diego we were following Big D and the Kids Table Nice. Up on all their their SoCal dates, and after the show, um, they like snuck us backstage for the after party. Dave hands me his backstage pass, and so I'm walking <laughs> around wearing a badge that says David McWayne, Big D in the kids table, <laughs> for the next like three hours. Uh, the guys from Less Than Jake are in a like a stall mixing drinks for people. Uh, for free, you just walk up, and Krista Makes would uh, hand you uh, whatever cocktail you wanted. Um, after that, we went back to the bus and kind of hung out and just sat and had a few drinks. And Kevin Lyman, uh, the the creator of Warp Tour, walks over and offers us two buck Chuck, <laughs> nice, <laughs> which I, I politely turned down. But 
it was very hard. How do you how do you turn down uh, cheap wine from Kevin Lyman? I don't know how I did it, but it's a very memorable moment in my life, and that that was probably definitely one of the most fun experiences. Um, there are many more. That's just the one that's off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, that that was a fun night. Awesome. And how about uh, on stage? Which one of the more memorable memories? Probably the one that sticks out most was. Uh, I know you were there, Matt. This was the Carter Palooza show we did in 2016. Um, some of your listeners might be familiar with Carter. Carter was uh, a fan of the scene, uh, young fan of ours uh, in Suburban Legends and Starpool. Uh, he was six years old. He was living with uh, uh, leukemia, and we put together a benefit show at the Yost Theater in Santa Ana with Starpool and Suburban Legends um, all for him to raise money for uh, him and his family and for his treatment Um, and it was just it was just a blast like just everybody that showed up for for this amazing kid who just like touched so many people like you go to an Orange County ska show you're gonna see this little tiny kid right in the middle of the skank pit (laughs) This man, just just an incredible little guy, um, and this show was was it it was very touching. Like at the end of the show, we all got on stage together um, and did a, a cover of Fight Song, a Rachel Platten song, and he comes out dressed up like Captain America. <laughs> There's a giant <laughs> Pikachu dancing on stage. It was just wild, um, but yeah. Yeah, uh, it, it it was for it was for a really good cause, and uh, unfortunately he's no longer with us. But yeah, uh, I'm I'm really glad that we could be part of something so special for for someone like that. Yeah. So I do have to admit yeah. one th- one thing in full disclosure: I actually did not make that show. I was supposed to. Uh, and then I had a family emergency that very night and was not actually there. Just you were there in spirit. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was there and I wanted to be there and I had a ticket for being there, but unfortunately. But yes, that is pretty much, you know, one of the best things about the Orange County ska scene that I see right now is how close people are and how much people come together. Um, I, you know, I don't think anyone's, you know, hopefully if someone's really in need there is a community around them that will do their best to help. So, yes. Um, all right. So, dis- group discussion question. Um, so, this question, I'm gonna I'm gonna read you the question, and then I'm gonna explain like how this came to be to give you an idea of what kind of answer I'm thinking about. So, if I like the Interrupters, you know, a newer <laughs> band. And I do, but for, you know, if I like the Interrupters, a newer band, am I required to know and like older bands like the Scottalites? Um, And this sort of has, I see this kind of thing in a lot of like Scott, you know, Scott Facebook groups and all that stuff where people seem to be like, you know, if you don't, you know, there seems to be like this checklist of things you have to know about. And, um, like, case in point, I recently saw in a Ska Facebook group, 
Um, you guys know that, you know, the whole everyone sort of was pumping up last week. You know, Tony Hawk was sort of remastering the first two games. Um, mm. And uh, I guess they're talking about putting out a soundtrack for it and stuff like that. And someone had commented on like one of these posts saying something eh, something to in this vein of like, you know, if all they know of ska is what they heard about on a video game. I guess they don't really like ska. And it was this sort of like gatekeeping thing of like, you're not really into ska. If, if you learned about it or if all you know about it is from this one area that someone is feeling, you know, is sort of like a less than way of learning about it. And it's sort of the same thing I've seen over and over of like, I mean, like I've been like, there are things, you know, um, that are new. Like, I've only... I picked the Scottalites because, though I know who they are now, but three years ago, I didn't know who they were. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't know. I just... It's sort of, like, bewildering to me to, like, this thing of where we, we do want to be inclusive and we do want to bring people in, but sometimes it feels like we have all these things to, like, push people out uh, or, you know, make them feel, like less than and i they're subtle but i think they exist so what do you guys think we do all you have go to go first Devin? yeah we all have to start it dude uh, yeah, it, go for it evan you're the guest i should there do was more lit- <laughs> no it's okay there was literally an onion article that came out today that uh zoom call uh is just an endless loop of people going oh no go ahead you no you go first. <laughs> <laughs> um well, no, uh, yeah, you have to start somewhere, right? Right. I mean, it's exactly gatekeeping. Like, who cares what somebody else likes? I, it's like, okay, I will respect somebody more for knowing more about the genre uh, th- than they let on. But I'm not going to negate somebody because they don't know right. or they don't listen to a certain band. Um, I think that's where people get uh, a little get their wires crossed. It's like, by all means, give somebody props for for listening to uh, Desmond Decker and Prince Buster and, and 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 listening to these traditional bands, but don't don't shit on them because they don't know it. it, it it's <laughs> right. You, you're not exactly giving them uh, any good reason to actually go and explore these uh, explore deeper into the genre themselves if you're just going to be a dick about it <laughs> yeah um so yeah i i i i, I yeah I, I don't know what to say to people like that your ska purism isn't uh isn't winning anybody over basically <laughs> and streetlight manifesto is not Oh, no. Don't go there. Stop. Stop. <laughs> Relevant to this conversation. <laughs> there uh, we go. Good save. Good save. Good save. Good uh, save. <laughs> I don't care what genre they are. Just li- if you like it, just listen to it. It's not hurting anybody. Uh, Stop gatekeeping. RJ, so, like, if we go thoughts. back to like, if you like the Interrupters or a newer Scott band, are you required to know or like the Scott? Hell no. First of all, hell no. Everybody likes what they like. Like a hundred percent, and I think uh, I listen to a lot of absolutely everything. And for me, that was a very slow journey from Boss Tones and Skank and Pickle working backwards to get to Prince Buster and to get to stuff like that. 
that mm-hmm. took me almost a decade before I, I was really liking that. Now, when I was a kid getting into ska in the Midwest, I didn't have a lot of options. And there is, you know, always cheap ska compilations to pick up. I picked up one. I forget the name of it. I know I still have it. And I was just like, oh, cool. More ska bands. Rad. I'm digging toasters. I'm digging all this stuff. Let's uh, buy this. Go home. Listen to it. It is all Jamaican ska, early Jamaican ska, except for like two special songs and a selector song. And I was like, what the hell is this? This is not what I thought I was buying at all. And that's one of those records that I returned to it later. And I'm very thankful I have it. I learned a lot about it was a really good like compilation of that stuff. But, you know, a year into figuring out what ska was when I was younger, that was that was not helpful for me to grow and appreciate Scott anymore then, like I said, it took me about a decade to work myself backwards. And I, I really enjoy, I listen to Scatolites and Prince Buster all the time now, right. but I, would, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, <laughs> for me, like it's, I guess part of the way it sort of hits me is because, so for me, like I didn't grow up listening to Scott. I first, started listening to ska music when I was like in my late teens and it wasn't built on a scene like, um, or I didn't sort of like jump into a scene necessarily. I basically knew of ska cause it was on the radio. Um, that's first how I heard it, you know, hearing no doubt on the radio, that was pretty much it. And, um, and then even around that, like, but that didn't draw me into, I didn't have friends going to ska shows like, it just didn't that's just not the way it happened for me and then and then on you know sort of aside from that a lot of the ska bands that i first heard of were christian ska bands in the christian music scene and that sort of had a different you know sort of a vibe overall um their check mark for you know uh gatekeeping was how christian how many times you said jesus in a song <laughs> or uh, he or him right it's like is this song about a girl or is it about jesus right um <laughs> and the simpsons have a great thing about that in an episode but anyway um but so like there's that layer of sort of entry into this music and that wasn't necessarily tied to a scene which you know you know, of course my friends were influencing me, but it was the same bands that were on the radio. And I mean, I literally, my friend, uh, how I heard of, um, buck Oh nine before they really broke that, the, the one song, my friend basically went into, you know, uh, Oh, I don't know, maybe a warehouse music, but a music store bought a CD cause he liked the cover and then listened to it. And we're like, yeah, this is great. <laughs> and that's, that's how it happened for us. It wasn't at a show. It wasn't, um, you know, it was like a find it where you could, um, yeah. and it wasn't really connected with, you know, a, um, a, a larger group of people who were all talking about this. It was just a few friends of mine. That was about it. So there wasn't a bigger community, uh, for me to connect to that I knew about. Obviously it was the mid to late nineties. So it was happening. I just wasn't connected to it. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, you know, at the same time, even since then, even through most of the 2000s and stuff, uh, I was keeping track of, you know, I remember, in fact, following Suburban Legends, like, on social media, what little there was in the early 2000s on, you know, online and stuff. And, 
you know, they were only selling their CD online or you could like go to a show, but I didn't go to shows and I like buying music online. That seems weird. What if I get a virus? <laughs> you know, Meanwhile, I was out there downloading it off Kazaa, probably getting <laughs> credit card vital. information stolen from well, I would have been 14. Never mind. I was yeah, finding point. ways to buy the stuff that I could from various websites, questionable various websites with various uh, different ways to enter your credit or debit card. Um, I bought so much stuff off the old Real Big Fish store when they were like, oh, here, uh, Suburban Rhythm just put out like a compilation of all their stuff. We'll sell the, you the CD. Oh, hey, look, uh, OC Scholars, you should pick this up. Some of us used to be in this. Oh, here's a Knuckle Brothers compilation. And I would be buying all those CDs, but always oh, questionable. It was before like even PayPal was like a commonly accepted thing. And there was always the fear that, okay, I'm putting my credit card information in. <laughs> right, right. And then I'm going to wait two weeks yeah. <laughs> before CD gets to me. So so for me, like there wasn't um, – so now in the past, I don't know, my, I think my sort of current sort of connection with the OC Scossing pretty much started in like 2010 when I actually started more – going to more shows mostly through uh suburban legends because i i knew vince in high school um and then just you know meeting hurry for our side half past two um and all that stuff and um but yeah so there's just this extra barrier of just and it wasn't you know i would hate to think that someone would come up to me and like oh you only like these local bands or these bands that are on the radio somehow you're not a real ska fan and i'm like no one's ever said that but it seems to be an undertone of some things that i've heard especially on facebook pages like it seems to be this undertone of this check mark of like well if you don't know this band if you don't know the history if you don't know all this stuff and i just go but i but i like it i you yeah. know I've gotten told I don't play ska on 23 minutes of ska before. So, you know, I've been doing that for 10 years, so I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Just go into any thread on reddit.com r slash ska, and somebody will be in the comments explaining why it's not ska. Oh, or, or they'll argue why living La Vida Loca is ska. I've, I'm a mod there, and I've had it with that community. Someone, oh, that's right. <laughs> really, forgot about that. Really, someone... I mean, they... And then I start to start to think when people make those jokes that songs like "Live in the Vida Loca" is ska, I'm like, you're just messing with us, right? You're just like you're trolling us. You're, like, so it's I'm gonna ignore you. Smash mouth thing, man. Back to the smash mouth thing. <laughs> and then you know, no, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Sorry, go, no, you go ahead. No, I was gonna say like, but then they start <laughs> making real points, like they, like they, not that I agree with them, but like real. And it seems like, seems like you thought about this. Do you really think that this is a ska song? This "Living La Vida Loca" by Ricky Martin? Do you what? What is happening? Now I feel like I don't know what ska is. <laughs> <laughs> and then somebody will come in and just be like, I'll "Throw a pun in it, Living La Vida Loca." <laughs> now it is ska. Uh, no, it's not. I mean, we it, should have a discussion on ska puns. To what level are they acceptable, and to what? level are they trash <laughs> mostly trash never a good band name okay ep name that's about where i stand yeah i'm about the same spot right. this is where this is where we all get gatekeepy yeah with the puns yeah i, I mean i don't know it just for me in general like any joke it just has to feel clever 
maybe it's even in the presentation. I would agree maybe it's not the greatest band name, you know, something you're going to want to stick with for a long time. But, like, but as far as, like, if you're doing it conversationally, as long as, it, like any joke, as long as you stick the landing and it works or it just seems clever, then it's fine. Like, I don't really care. <laughs> but um, the most common fallacy I see with it, they don't match the A sound to what they're trying to blend the word ska with. Oh, yeah. Like it just drives well, me crazy. Well, then at that point, you'd have to you'd have to blame the the OG. You'd have to blame the the Scottalites. Yeah, yeah, that one. <laughs> you doesn't don't really launch work. a satellite. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, the dialect is different. Maybe maybe yeah. maybe I'm wrong on that. Um, yeah, there's actually uh, uh, dur- dur- uh, during this conversation, I'm reminded there's a uh, there's actually a song that that addresses all this in a pretty funny way. If you have the um, what do you know about ska? punk volume four compilation which i think a lot of people do because there's like 180 tracks on it including (laughs) hooray uh just just putting that out there um but there's a song on there by a band called the skluts which is s-k-l-u-t-t-z they have a song on there called ska uh ska police right and uh it's just a really fun take on the whole like gatekeeping issue with ska right and it's like it's like if you don't like streetlight, you're not ska. And then another one's like, if you're if you don't like the scottalites, you're not ska. It's not the exact lyrics, but that's the whole yes it's, message. Yeah. And it's it's a good song too. Yes, um, there. Yes, I've come across that uh, their EP and and their music. And yeah, I I pronounce their band name Scalutz. That's how I say it, <laughs> Scalutz. Oh, like, oh, you're making a ska pun out of it now. <laughs> well, well, maybe it was a ska pun, but it's a little more subtle. Yeah, I guess, the, but I don't know. It says SKA, <laughs> doesn't it? I don't know. It's, no, no I think it's school. Yeah, S-K-L-U-T-Z-Z. Mm. You can edit all this out. <laughs> <laughs> or I'll leave Matt it. doesn't edit anything. It's a I, free-for-all. I don't. It's true. <laughs> I don't. Um, sometimes I do. Um, all right. <laughs> so let's get on a plane. And we're going to land in the country of Spain. Yay, Spain! <laughs> uh, no, that's, that's French. Wait, how have you not done Spain before? <laughs> I don't know. I did I did double check. I did go back. That, and that like, confounds me. Like, when I found out you hadn't done Germany before, I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. All right. Lay it on me, my friend. I think, because originally we were trying to, like, uh, Aaron and I were trying to, like, um, like test each other so we we're really trying to find obscure countries that were like there's no way there's a ska band here um, and sometimes we were <laughs> oh abs- yeah it was a challenge when the show started yes That's right yes and then we we're like this is getting too hard <laughs> to make it a challenge <laughs> so um because the one week i think we were like uh they they've played in that country before so <laughs> anywho so this week uh we're going to the country of spain we're going to spotlight the band The Pepper Pots. Um, they nice. are in, they are influenced by uh, 1960s sort of like uh, pop, sort of like... Um, uh, doo-woppy stuff. doo and, you know, Pointer Sisters and uh, Aretha, Aretha Franklin and... Um, well, sign me up. Um, so yeah. the, so the, the main lineup is three female vocals. 
they share uh, lead vocals, and there is a all male backup band. Um, so even though they're from Spain, uh, a lot of their their early stuff, their first um, album, the Swinging '60s, has a lot of combined influence from American soul, mixed with uh, uh, ska and rock steady. So we're gonna listen to a track off of that album called My Girl. Uh, oh, sorry, My Little Girl. What I honestly find most interesting about that song is that it literally sounds like it was recorded in the 60s. So, like, it totally does. <laughs> so, like, the production on it, they must have sort of taken a lot of effort to make sure that it sounds like that. Because obviously, I've heard a lot of modern bands doing this style, and it's great. Um, so, yeah, this one stands out. Now, here's the thing as we talked about you know, sort of uh, gatekeeping and whether or not something is ska. Well, I would say that this band's, um, their more recent album, um, uh, gosh, I can't think of the name, but um, is noticeably less ska, but just as much influenced by 60s soul and uh, R&B. And uh, we're going to check out this track called You've Got the Future. Um, so here's another thing, uh, with bands, we sometimes find them, find about, uh, for Sky around the world. Um, it doesn't seem like they're together cause their last album, uh, is from 2012 and their last like Instagram post is from 2014. 
So it doesn't seem oh, like man. they're very hey. active. Active, but they do have three albums, um, and some like uh, shorter EPs. They have a Christmas EP. Uh, I have pretty... that. It's good. Fun. Oh yeah. What? Yeah, they also have an album. I was actually surprised not to see on Spotify. So I don't know if it was an American release or and a conglomeration of a bunch of tracks called "Shake It," but that was put out by Jump Up Records. It's pretty easy to find. It's really good. Ooh, yeah. Jump Up has some good stuff. Hell yeah, they do. But uh, Which I will say, like this I, is very much in the vein of like the kind of ska um, that I'm definitely more into in more recent years. Uh, don't get me wrong, I still love Scott Pong. But like, uh, kind of going back to what you said, RJ, um, just like discovering, going deeper over time and, and going back and discovering like these older artists and then there's these more, um, I don't want to say sophisticated, that seems a little uh, pretentious, uh, condescending. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Like to myself, even because I this is not the kind of ska I make. Um, but yeah, very much. Um, I've definitely kind of fallen kind of right in the middle with these like revival of the classic sound kind of bands. Um, like, definitely, there have been times, there are days when the Slackers are my favorite band. Mm-hmm. Um, they're definitely in my top five. Um, but yeah, that that style is just irresistible to me and i don't know if it's just because uh i feel more comfortable at those shows now and that i'm getting a a, a little more aged um <laughs> that i feel more comfortable uh dancing much more mellow to like chris murray than getting destroyed in a circle pit at an aquabat <laughs> show um uh but i say uh, yeah it, it's that's definitely uh, that kind of of ska revival uh, in that first track um definitely resonates with me but even that second track even though it's less uh, less of a ska sound it's still very much you still get the same vibes from it that you get in that first track it's still very much their own right and that's um that's sort of the interesting part about what i think about music like we sometimes get so hung up on style and obviously you know we're never like this is a ska podcast we're going to focus on the ska sound but like you know we're not going to play country for multiple reasons um (laughs) but like we get so hung up on one particular sound that we we're not willing to sort of venture out of let bands venture out of it a little bit um to some degree i get why you know if you're making you know like to me, like Taylor Swift is a good example. Clearly, her first like two albums, one hundred percent country. Now she is one hundred percent a pop. If you have a ska band that goes like that, then I kind of go, I get it. Like I get, or I don't get like being angry and being a jerk about it. You can just not listen to the music. But I get that it may not have fans wanting to listen just on that level. Don't be mean. Just don't listen if you don't like it. But like, but this sound is so close to their like this album the first album that to me like to discredit it would be crazy to throw it out completely and wash your hands of it like ah they're not they're not the same anymore i'm like yeah they are though just different yeah the The sky just took more of a back seat in their sound is all true and on that album there is some more notable ska sounding things 
I just wanted to highlight that, yes, there is a noticeable change. Didn't want to, like, uh, you know, pull a little switcheroo on listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, like, and and at the same time, even with with tracks that don't have that, that ska influence, it's like, ska shares a common heritage with that style of music. It, it yes. came, yeah. it was very heavily influenced by mm-hmm. R&B and soul coming out of the United States in the 60s. So you're still kind of paying tribute to to the roots of that music either way. Yeah, true. Then again, I don't see that many people attacking that particular song. It's like, it's not ska. That crowd definitely does seem to be a little more uh, uh, targeting the more ska the punk, punk side of yeah. things. Ska punk, right. um, there's definitely a bias there. Um, <laughs> what? But, <laughs> what? Are you telling me people have biases? Are you t- the what? hell you say? <laughs> Everyone's objective all the time. <laughs> I don't know what world you live in. <laughs> all you right. can uh, tweet me at... Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> all right. If you want to, you'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. So, well, Evan, uh, before we head out, we always do uh, Ska Picks of the Week. And uh, just so everyone knows, you can find uh, the Ska Picks of the Week and Ska Around the World bands um, in our Ska playlist, uh, Ska Favorites. You can find it on Spotify. Just search Ska Favorites on the Upbeat. One of those things should bring it up. And, uh, yeah, check that out. But, Evan, what is your Ska pick this week? Uh, This week, uh, I am going with a band out of Philadelphia called Catbite. Um, They have one record out that they put out last year and i've had it on repeat pretty much since i finally buckled down and got the vinyl uh in the past week or so and i i can't turn it off it's such a good record um so yeah uh this is cat bite The title of that song is Midnight Eyes by Catbite. It's a great pick. Yes, I've been listening to this album uh, a bunch as well. Um, yes. Make they just put out a new 7-inch, so go find that. Oh, that's it is right. pretty great. Yeah. That's true. I have it being oh, mailed You have it me. already? Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it's in the post according to uh, Bad Time Records. I don't know. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you Another can get the tracks on Bandcamp. A bunch camp. of awesome bands. Uh, yeah, every I have I think I have at least one copy of almost every release from Bad Time. Mm. I just implicitly trust them now. Uh, I somehow at some point I don't remember what I bought, but I was going through my Bandcamp like library and like literally every release they ever put was in there. So I don't know if that was something <laughs> I bought, but yeah, I went in there. It's like you have forty albums from. <laughs> I, it might have been the Scotu Network one that. 
triggered that because I think I bought that. And then after that, all of the artists on that came out. Oh, yeah, they're fantastic. I like Bad Time a lot. So uh, since we <laughs> it's sort of like happenstance that my uh, pick of the week happens to be a band we've mentioned several times, including the opening of the podcast. Uh, so my pick this week is a Suburban Legends song. However, uh, it is the it is a slightly different version of a famous uh, Suburban Legends songs. So Suburban Legends have a song called High Fives, but since everyone's in quarantine, <laughs> they did a they did a cover, or they did they redid their own song uh, to change a parody. The, a, <laughs> sort of a parody of their own song about the quarantine and how you shouldn't give people high fives because you shouldn't come in contact with them. So uh, it's pretty great. And they recently put it on Spotify. So here we go. Here's Suburban Legends with no high fives. so great I, I love it um for obviously because it's suburban legends but it's just it's so funny uh they are so clever um all right um rj your pick um a couple weeks ago when we were talking to amy gabba matt you let on that you did not know much about mr jeff rosenstock and his career Ooh, it's true so Matt, for the next three weeks, my Scott pick of the week is going to be something to do with Jeff Rosenstock. And I found a way I might extend it for a fourth episode as well. But for now, we got a hardcore three. So we're going to start off with, as far as I know, his first band that recorded and put out output. They were called the Arrogant Sons of Bitches. And their album, Three Cheers for Disappointment, is such an uplifting but nihilistic kind of album. I listened to that right after the 2016 elections, just every day for, like, up until the <laughs> inauguration, every morning. That's all I was listening to. And this is a song off that album. It's called I Have Enemies in High Places. Thank you. 
that song has a lot of energy and so much so uh, yes. that I was digging it and like forgot that I went, <laughs> I went over the normal like minute mark that we do. <laughs> no, like, no, 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 that's good. You got it to the, you got it to that chorus part. Yeah. Um, and it, it kind of fits in with how we were talking about uh, pretentious people in the scene that you're in. And that's one of the themes of that song. One of the many themes of that song. So it, it thematically fit. Everybody tune in next week when I will play Matt a song from a different Jeff Rosenstock band. All right. Well, we have come to the end of the show. Evan, thanks for hanging oh, out. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. No problem. We appreciate it. And uh, where can people find Hooray for Our Side on the Internet? Oh, just about everywhere. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play, uh, Tidal uh youtube <laughs> uh facebook instagram twitter uh that's hooray h-o-o-r-a-y for our side hooray for our side uh or you can uh, you can go to our band camp that's the best way to support us directly at hoorayMusic.com. awesome one day i'll get that perfectly rehearsed i'm not there yet <laughs> i need to do like five more podcasts and i'll get it <laughs> yeah it's pretty good all right, so of course you can find us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at on the upbeat ska. You can find us uh, Facebook pretty much under the same name uh, on the upbeat. Um, and make sure you hit that subscribe button to the podcast because that gets you all the podcasts right when they drop. They just magically show up in your phone or your whatever you listen to a podcast on. I assume it's a phone, but um, I get distracted by my own thoughts so easily. Like, wait, I literally, it was like, wait, is that the only way you can, obviously you can listen to it. And then I like, nope, uh, rabbit trail. All right. So, um, (laughs) yes. Thanks for listening until next week. Keep listening to sky.